Hello and welcome to The State of Shakespeare. I'm Garrett Vandermeer. And I'm Jim Elliott. And today on the program, we're joined by Jackson Dean. Hello, Jackson. Hello. Jackson Dean is a student at Palm Valley High School in Rancho Mirage, California. And Jackson most recently won the National Shakespeare Monologue Competition run by the English Speaking Union. Congratulations. Well, thank you. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for joining us. So what is the monologue that you presented for the competition? I did um, Iago's monologue, Act 2, Scene 3. And that says I play the villain, that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jackson, we just did an interview with a speech and voice coach who did that, who did that exact monologue. It would I be... was looking on the site and I saw that. And I was like, what? What a coincidence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so congratulations. You, you, you played the villain and you played him well. Well, thank you. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your experience in the competition. Well, the competition itself starting off was unlike anything I've ever been in competition-wise. I did the poetry out loud competition. I've done school competitions, but it was it was probably the city and it was uh, Lincoln Center, and it was just the way that they were so organized and they gave us a chance to really bond with each other. So it was less of a competition in my eyes than it was more of a a festival of Shakespeare and a celebration of Shakespeare. Oh, that's great. Have you been able to keep in touch with some of your fellow competitors? They've been trying to create a full 54-person group chat, and that's, that's a bit difficult, if you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, particularly with different time zones. <laughs> exactly. It was really cool because... There was no, like, there wasn't any tension after the win. It was like, I won and everyone was happy and it wasn't like anyone left and was angry. It was was loving and they were like, "You, you need to give us all the info when you go to London so that we can talk to you over there. It was an experience for sure. Well, so what's happening in London? I was given for winning a two-week scholarship to the Young Actors Summer School at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. So about this speech, in this speech, well, tell us what what the speech that you'll be sharing with us today actually comes not from Othello, but from Titus Andronicus. Do I have the correct information? You are correct. I did this monologue in ninth grade, if that is weird for you. It was weird for me, too, because, again, my drama teacher was like, oh, you're a freshman and you are small, but why don't you do this monologue about murdering people (laughs) gruesomely? Okay, great. And I won with that monologue school county-wise, and then I got second place regional with this monologue. And if you can't tell, I love being the villain. (laughs) I really do. And this is like, for me, because I really haven't found any other Shakespeare monologue uh, other than the Iago one, that is the pinnacle, like, villain monologue, crazy psycho, as this Aaron monologue from Titus Andronicus. Why do you enjoy playing the villain? Because it's not me. (laughs) It's not anything I would ever do or ever think of, obviously, to become crazy and psychotic and sadistic to me i don't know it's fun in a way it's fun to be like let out all your your morality and your common sense and just become insane and (laughs) go crazy and that for me that's it's fun to do and it i don't know what it is but it it comes out easy for me 
Hmm. So you tap? Do you tap into you know a dark side of you, or do you just how do you how do you approach a, a villain's role when you're first starting out? I you know I really don't know because every villain is different. In fact, quick sidebar I wanted to tell you for the 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 regional this year, um, they had us do a cold reading. So it was my monologue, my sonnet, and a cold reading. So my monologue was Iago, evil. My sonnet was loving. And then they gave me a cold reading um, of another villain of Shakespeare. I forgot exactly which villain it was, but it was a different type of villain. So that's what I, I first, I, I look at the type of villain that this character is. Is it a rich and pompous villain? Is it a crazy villain? Is it a villain that will die doing what he or she wants to achieve? And... I then basically leave Jackson a little mm -hmm. bit, a little mm -hmm. bit, mm -hmm. uh, and try and really harness, okay, what is he thinking? What is she thinking? What are they going through right now? What's happening in the show that leads up to this monologue? Is it built up anger? Is it built up um, insanity, sadness? And is it because of a boiling over of emotions or is it planned? And then I don't know what happens, but something clicks in me, and I, it, it, I, it, I just, I just go crazy. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, with a build well, like that, fun. <laughs> I know we're looking forward to hearing this. But could, could you give us a little bit of a background, a little bit of a context about who this character Aaron is? What's just happened? Yeah. Okay, so Aaron is a Moor, and. He was hired to do some really bad things to Titus Andronicus. So they actually found him guilty in the show. And this is the first scene of the last act where they are about to hang Aaron because they're like, the people are saying, well, you've done all these terrible things. So you will hang um, and we will watch you because you are uh, terrible. <laughs> um, so they, they kind of banter back and forth. Aaron is being, you know, his evil self because he's, he's evil the entire, the entire play. So then one of the townspeople says, basically, in non-Elizabethan, he says, aren't you sorry for what you've done? And so Aaron says, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I was caught this soon and I haven't been able to do a thousand more dreadful things. And that is so evil. And I love it. <laughs> well, why don't we hear, hear you do it? So this is Jackson Dean doing Titus Andronicus, the character of Aaron. Act five, scene one. I, that I had not done a thousand more. Even now I curse the day, and yet I think few come within the compass of my curse, wherein I did not some notorious ill as kill a man, or else devise his death ravish a maid or plot the way to do it accuse some innocent and forswear myself set deadly enmity between two friends make poor men's cattle break their necks set fire on barns and haystocks in the night and bid the owners quench them with their tears oh. Have I digged up dead men from their graves and set them upright at their dear friend's door, even when their sorrows almost was forgot? And 
on their skins as on the bark of trees have with my knife carved in Roman letters let not your sorrow die though I am dead but I have done a thousand dreadful things as willingly as one would kill a fly <laughs> and nothing grieves me heartily indeed but that I cannot do ten thousand more thank you <laughs> wow it's a villainous indeed this fellow yes my oh my so this is a speech where Aaron really goes evil. I mean, he's yeah. been evil through a whole thing, but you have some little humanity with him when he, you know, he's in love with the queen and they have a child together. And so he's defending his child and all that stuff. But here he shows zero remorse. Yes, for sure, for sure, for sure. He is, like I was saying, he, he has that boiling up of emotions and he just lets it spill out in that time. So that's why he leaves behind any barrier of morality and should I say this, should I not say this kind of thing? He just lets it loose. <laughs> and it's interesting that you did Iago for the for the English Speaking Union contest, who's, I mean, this is essentially Aaron's last speech before going away. Right. And Iago's last speech before going away is, I shall say no more. Right, exactly. I kind of like the monologues of, this is my ultimatum kind of thing. I'm going to do this or it is done for me, especially with Shakespeare, because Shakespeare was probably the most dramatic person when it came to making villains. So those kind of monologues that the villain says where it's just like, this is it, it's all or nothing for me are the best kind of monologues, at least for me to get into that really villainous type of Feeling. Well, I have a qu I have a question about this speech itself, and I don't know whether Jackson or Jim, maybe you can shed some insight on this. But the image of digging up dead men from their graves and defiling them and leaving them where their friends will find them, with horrible messages written on them, just de designed to aggravate their friends' grief, sounds like maybe one of the most horrifying things that you can think of. I'm wondering if that's Shakespeare's invention or whether that harkens back to some other scene that he's maybe he's borrowed it from somebody else's idea. Or do you imagine Shakespeare sitting around with his buddies late at night, maybe with a couple of drinks and, and thinking, okay, what's your idea of the very worst thing that could possibly be done to another human being? <laughs> do you happen to know in your research, Jackson, where that idea comes from? I personally think that Titus Andronicus is like... Shakespeare's emotional phase where he's just like this isn't a phase mom kind of a uh, kind of a play he's really dark in this play the way he writes it like the musical Sweeney Todd was based off of Titus Andronicus because it was unprecedented to have a type to have the story end up with someone cutting up another person and baking them into a pie and then feeding them to someone and I can't find anywhere else this type of happening in the Renaissance type writing, uh, Elizabethan writing, not a Renaissance, uh, Elizabethan type writing um, in this era. I may not have researched enough, but I think this is basically all like Shakespeare's originality of, well, let's see, um, Aaron needs to be dark, but 
let's let's just let's just uh, take a shot in the dark <laughs> and see mm. how dark we can go. And the the shot hit, luckily, because he, I mean, props to Shakespeare, you know, he did really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jackson, if you like playing these kinds of roles, boy, wait till you discover the Jacobian revenge tragedies that come come along uh, uh, several decades later. <laughs> oh man, they're horrible. I've never, I've actually, I've not researched the Jacobian re- revenges. Oh wait, lots for you to enjoy. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah. So in in your performance of the speech, I was I was fascinated because. First of all, you're super clear and the you know you're using the words and you're chewing on the language like the word ravish you really dig into. But what I found even more interesting was that you have a really interesting sense of rhythm with the speech. Yeah. And you you start off slow and then you gain speed and then about halfway through the speech right right where you start describing digging up the dead men on line 137 in our in our version you you sort of reload and you start slowing you slow down again and then you start building up speed and i really really appreciated that sense of rhythm and gathering force as as you continued speaking uh, was that something that comes innately or was that something that you worked with on uh, on it with a coach so the first version i saw it was a different version from this the look the version i'm looking at and they kind of they they split it up whoever made the uh, made the monologue or posted it online they split it up in those three parts kind of and so i was it was just like okay this is where i have to pause and calm down a little bit and it works because aaron goes really really kind of crazy with of his his list <laughs> his to-do list of uh, <laughs> what he does to people yeah i love the idea of a to-do list yeah <laughs> And then for me, it's like he's saying to himself, "Okay, I've been do. I've here's my here's my to do list, but I feel like I haven't gotten to to my audience quite yet. So let me hit him with this one." And then he goes kind of like into he kind of falls into the fact that he also, by the way, often does he dig up dead people, and I put them at friends' doors because I don't want you to forget that they're dead. And then that kind of builds because, you know, it's a truly terrible, heinous act for someone to do that. And then it, it dies down again on, but I have done a thousand dreadful things because he's kind of like reiterating his first point. Because his first line is that I've not done a thousand more. So it's, it's a roller coaster the way I see it. It, re- it really does go up and down and up and down because like the boiling up of emotions, you don't really control when you get angry, when you don't get angry, it just kind of happens. And that's how I feel that Aaron would feel in this in this speech, especially. I'm interested in the line 143. And I think what you just described is fantastic. Um, and I'm listening, I'm interested in 143. In our version, the word that starts that line is T-U-T, tut. Ah, um, okay. So this version has but. I actually originally did it as tut. I, I like Tut. <laughs> I love Tut. Because <laughs> um, the way I did it originally was with Tut in the monologue. So it, was, it wasn't, let not your sorrow die, that, though I am dead. But I have done a thousand dreadful things. It was, um, let not your sorrow die, though I am dead. Tut, I have done a thousand dreadful things. It was like, well, yes, I've done a thousand dreadful things. <laughs> yeah, like whatever, it's all good. I'm yeah. I, like he just he minimizes what he just said with the word tut. I, I love that. 
Yeah. Which makes him more evil. Uh, well, that was that. This is terrific, Jackson. Congratulations on your championship, and have a fantastic summer. And we look forward to hearing, following your career, and hearing more about you in in the years to come. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. I'm Garrett Vandermeer, and I'm Jim Elliott, and thank you for listening to the State of Shakespeare. Thanks for joining us for the State of Shakespeare podcast. We invite you to visit stateofshakespeare.com for more episodes, information about each of our guests, and the Shakespeare text you heard on the program, and much more. And we welcome you to join the discussion by liking us on Facebook. That's www.stateofshakespeare.com. Thanks for listening.